Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results and headlines from the weekend or the week that was before diving into today's betting slate, and then we cap things off with our daily betting card. Now, as I uh, as I was thinking about, I've been away for quite a while. Uh, haven't done a show in over a week now, pushing a week and a half at that, and so I'm quite glad that I took that week off. Um, feeling a bit revitalized after doing so many shows over the past number of months. Had the opportunity to travel with work, so I was out on the East Coast for a couple of days for that. Never been to the Maritimes, so was excited to get to see another part of this great country. But lost my luggage on the first day, which was tough. Um, got to stay at a great hotel, though. Had some great seafood while I was out there. That's what the Maritimes is known for. And then overall, uh, just loved the opportunity. And so I also got to play some golf over the last number of days, waking up pretty sore, to say the least. Need to get back in shape in that regard. But also got to play with the wife last night, and she's coming along pretty well when it comes to the golf side of things. But it's time to plug in. It's time to get back into things by giving you some daily picks and then also looking at uh, how the last number of days have been. So let's get right into the Before show. we get started with today's episode, are you looking to make some wagers? Then head over to bet99.com. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and the mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free, with a number of well-known methods available to use, so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com today to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at signup, and please gamble responsibly. You must be 19-plus years of age to do so, and if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or the gambling of someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Now, let's get back to the show. So we've been posting a a few plays here and there when we were gone. Um, Hasn't been our best month, to say the least. I believe we're down uh, roughly four units so far this month, so definitely can turn it around with some focus heading into the second half of the month. But we are coming off a two-and-two day yesterday. Had potential to be a lot better uh, especially with that Boston and Philly beat yesterday. We'll get more into that series in a couple minutes. But when you have the over 200 and a half and then it finishes at 200, it's very tough to uh, to swallow that one. Edmonton over three and a half yesterday too, another tough loss. They scored two goals in the first eight minutes or so and then none the rest of the way. So very tough losses when it comes to the bets recently. Now, we got to start by talking about this fact that the NBA Conference Finals are set, all of the semifinal matchups are in the books, and it started with, in the Eastern Conference, the Heat, they won in six games over the Knicks. And what I would boil this series down to is just the fact that Bam and Jimmy showed up far more than Brunson could get from guys like Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett throughout the series. And 
a lot of the Heat role players had some great games. Lowry had some here and there. Kevin Love, Caleb uh, Martin had some games here and there as well. But the Knicks just didn't get enough consistent production, especially from Julius and RJ. Um, Emmanuel quickly was struggled at times in that series. Um, Obi Toppin, he struggled at times as well. And so this Knicks team, they gotta they gotta figure out what where they're gonna go from here because it's great that you win a playoff series, but now the ultimate goal is winning a championship. And so what's that gonna look like over the next couple of years? And I think it's gonna start with you're gonna lose guys like Derrick Rose off the books. You gotta dump Evan Fournier somehow. I don't think that contract may be able to be dumped, but at the very least, you've only got one more year after this one that you have to worry about. But if you're the Knicks, you need to go out and find a second guy. It's pretty clear that Julius isn't that guy. Brunson was phenomenal, especially in that last game. He had 41 points. It just wasn't enough. He couldn't get enough help. So I'll be interested to see what the Knicks do. Miami moving on to the East Finals. Now, they get to take on Boston, who they beat Philadelphia yesterday in a blowout game seven. And Jason Tatum, I mean, he was just simply special yesterday. 51 points in that game. And then beating Harden, they were nowhere to be found in that game. P.J. Tucker led them in scoring after the first quarter. That's how bad Embiid and Harden were. And this is just, this is typical Philadelphia. They're a very good regular season team. But once they run into teams like Boston in the playoffs, they just don't seem to have enough to uh, get over the hump. Now, I really wish Embiid would have taken more responsibility yesterday at the post-game press conference, saying that it's five on five and everyone needs to be better. When you were one of the worst players out there yesterday, I don't think you're showing a lot of accountability when you're supposed to be the franchise guy. Doc Rivers, I mean, he's stunk since since that 2008 title. Um, I haven't seen him go out and truly win a playoff series uh, with his coaching since probably that Clippers and Spurs series. And so if you're a Philadelphia fan, you know you're stuck with Tobias Harris for $39 million next year. So I don't think that things are going to change anytime soon. But once that contract's off the books, there needs to be some serious changes with this Philadelphia group. And so we get Boston and the Heat, which is a rematch of the East Finals in the bubble. Now, out west, we got Lakers and Golden State. Lakers win in six games. And I think it just boiled down to the Lakers got more from their role, guys. Whether it was Russell, Reeves, uh, Schroeder, the Lonnie Walker game. What an odd concept to have the Lonnie Walker game. Uh, Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, and Golden State, they didn't get a lot out of Jordan Poole in this series, especially after giving him all that money last offseason. Clay Thompson seemed to shoot them out of games at times as well. The only real consistent guy for them in that series was Steph Curry. So I don't know if the run is over for Golden State. I do think that we'll see them maybe try and run it back. Um, the, the key will be what's going to happen with Draymond and Clay long term with this group, but at least. Steph being at 35, how many more years can he keep playing at an MVP-type level? I'm not too sure. Now, Denver and Phoenix, Denver won in six games. Probably one of the surprises of the first, of this round and of the playoffs, quite frankly, was see Denver win this series. I don't think Denver's been getting a lot of credit all year. Because you see how great Jokic is, he put up another MVP-caliber season, um, and he's playing like the league MVP that he should have been for the third straight time. But then you've got guys like Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. They've been a great supporting cast for him along this run. And that's kind of been what he's been missing the last couple of years. Uh, No Jamal Murray over those runs. Michael Porter Jr. was banged up as well. And so 
you see what happens once he gets that supporting cast around him. Now, on the Phoenix side of things, Chris Paul was not good in this series. Uh, I think he's quote-unquote washed at this point, and, and so I don't see him being back in a Suns uniform. And then you've got Aiton, who played soft in that series as well, especially going up against Jokic. And because of that, Phoenix decided to go out and they fired Monty Williams, who was just in the finals a couple years ago, had the best record in the NBA just a couple years ago. And so new owner is moving on from the coach. I'll be interested to see who they bring in. I saw names already. It's the same names. It's always the the Nick Nurses and the Budenholzers and all that that are being thrown out there as the potential replacement there. But I am interested to see the direction of Phoenix and what they're going to do because when you've got KD and Booker, then you're always going to have a chance when it comes to the playoffs. Now, NHL playoff-wise, we had Carolina. They knocked off New Jersey in five games. Was never relatively close. When you outscore your opponent 24-13 to in the series, then you know that you're going to be in serious trouble if you're New Jersey. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with them this offseason. They don't have a lot of contracts that are up. They're still a relatively young team, but... Guys like Thomas Tatar and Miles Wood, they're off the books, as are Severson and Graves. So who can they add to maybe add a little bit of depth to this team? Um, it's always going to be a battle in the East with how many good teams there are there. But New Jersey is certainly one of those up-and-coming teams. And so Carolina is going to go on to the East Final, where they're going to take on the Florida Panthers. <laughs> I don't think anyone in their playoff bracket outside of a Panthers fan had them going this far. They beat Boston in seven, and now they beat Toronto in five games. But Toronto did outplay them in this series. Shots were 175 to 155 over that five games. And so it just didn't happen for the Leafs. And it feels like that's the story of the Leafs since the 60s. They just can't seem to get over the hump. And at a certain point, when you're adding guys like O'Reilly at the deadline, um, they've beefed up on the defensive side of things. And it just isn't enough. You got to start looking internally at, okay, which one of these top guys has got to go? Because you're going to need to free up some salary if you're going to go out and make a move and add some more depth to this team, maybe some more toughness. I don't know what it is, but whether it's Marner, Tavares, Nylander, I can't see it being Matthews. So maybe one of those three guys, who's going to get moved this offseason? At a certain point, one of them's got to get cut. If not, two of them have got to get cut and they've got to figure out a way to revamp this group and maybe take them on a, a playoff run here because goaltending wasn't great throughout. Samsonov was hurt. We know Matt Murray, who's always hurt. And then Wool was in net for a couple of those games there. So they need better goaltending if they're going to be a contender seriously in the NHL. And this was our team that we had winning the East this year. <clears throat> and then Westwise, we had Vegas and Edmonton. And the Oilers went down last night, so we're not going to have a Canadian Cup winner once again this year. And Vegas takes the series in six games, five to two was the score. And that's not that is uh that is surprising because we know how badly the Oilers outplayed them yesterday. Shots were forty to twenty-two in game six. They just were unable to solve the goaltender, get a couple by him early, and then he just stood on his head for the remainder of the game. And so Edmonton's going to be a fun one to watch for sure when you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl. Basically, this entire group is coming back next year. And so they need to go out, maybe add a free agent or two, and figure out a way to really make a run of it with this group. But finishing in the West semifinals when you have two of the top three or four forwards in the entire league just isn't cutting it. And McDavid, he needs to get a cup already. 
because it's very clear that he's one of the most talented players of all time, and he's due for one in the coming years. Now, EPL recap, the title race is essentially over after this past weekend. Um, we saw City City take care of business. They win 3-0, and then Arsenal, they lose 3-0 to Brighton. And so this means that Man City is going to be the champions this year, um, so long as they don't lose out. And Man U picking up three points, that was huge for their top four bid this year. Uh, they were slipping a little bit over the last couple of years, and I was worried that we might be heading back to Europa once again. But so long as they don't slip up too badly, they should be finishing in the top four with Newcastle, Arsenal, and City. Chelsea, they drew, and then they went out and hired Pochentino to be their new manager moving forward. I think it's a great hire. I know that he was canned by PSG, but he had great success with Tottenham. Not winning trophies, but at least making Tottenham competitive in the EPL. And speaking of Tottenham, they lost 2-1 to this past weekend, meaning that they're going to slide down to 7th place, meaning that they are all but dead from playing European football next year. And then in other news, we got to talk about John Morant because he's in trouble once again. Instagram video that uh, sees him holding a gun once again. And it's very surprising to see this happen, not because it happened, but how soon after it happened the first time. And so he's got to get some better people around him. He's got to take some responsibility and realize that it's not all fun and games, especially when you are carrying a franchise like he is in Memphis. Um, we saw everything that happened with them playoff-wise with Dylan Brooks, and now you have this happening with Jaw. Um, I'm glad Desmond Bain is playing at a high level because he's going to have to. We still don't know what this suspension is going to look like, but I would imagine he's missing at least a quarter of the season, if not a third of the season. And so he's going to have to really reflect on this and make some decisions moving forward to better himself and this franchise. And then great weekend golf-wise, we saw Jason Day get back in the win column at the Byron Nelson, and DJ won the Live Golf event in Tulsa as well. Just a great weekend overall. I'm glad to see Jason Day winning once again. He had such promise early in his career, then he struggled with some injuries and uh, some things off the course. And so now to see him uh, back in the win column is great. And DJ, he made a triple bogey and was still able to recover to knock off Cam Smith and Brandon Grace. Definitely been more intrigued by this golf event that Liv's been putting on. And so I uh, love the product right now. think golf's in a great place moving forward. And so with that, let's head over to the daily game slate. It's a light one today, but still plenty of value in there. And before we do, let's play the video. So let's chat about that EPL game that's happening today. It's Leicester City who are plus 400 taking on Liverpool at minus 180. And this is a game that's a must get a point out of it if you're in Leicester's shoes. They've won one, just one of their last five. They're sitting in that relegation zone in 19th. If you don't pick up a point today, then you're basically getting relegated unless you win the final two games. So huge one for them. And they're taking on probably the hottest team in the league outside of City. That being Liverpool, have, who have five straight wins. And so, really interested in this game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. Both teams to score is minus 164. So, even Vegas is anticipating that it's going to be a pretty up and down game. Neither team is great at the back defensively. So, I do think that we see very up and down and a high scoring game in this one. 
No NBA today, which means that we're on to NHL, and we've got a Game 7 tonight between the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. Dallas are minus 210, and these teams have kind of traded blowouts in this series. There's only been one or two very close games, and so you're kind of looking at potentially a minus 1.5 or plus 1.5 with how things have gone, and this is just a spot where I definitely feel vulnerable and it's because I'm sitting on that future bet with Dallas. There's no value in betting Dallas, just straight up money line. So do you look to them in regulation? I think you could. Do you look at them on the puck line, hoping that th- this is just a blowout for them at home? I think you could. But with Seattle being as elite as they are on the road, we saw what they did in game seven. We counted them out against Colorado in that game seven. And so now we're back in the same spot. And it's a tough one, too, because... Ottinger was awful in game six. And so can he bounce back after getting pulled and be much better in this game and push it and have them advance? That I'm not sure of. So I'm staying away from a betting perspective. I can't believe I'm saying that. Unless a ton of money comes in on Seattle and this line moves down, then I'm not going to be taking Dallas today unless it's in a teaser parlay of sorts. And then MLB-wise, there's always plenty of action, and that's the case once again on Monday. A few that I'm keeping an eye on. I do like that Mets and Washington game. You got Peterson and Corbin going, both of them over a four ERA, including Peterson, who's over a seven ERA. And so at nine and a half, it's intriguing to me. I do hope to see it come down to nine. I don't know if we'll get there, but nine and a half right now looks pretty nice. Seattle minus 120 on the road against Boston. You got uh, Kirby going up against Houck. And so I do like this spot for the Mariners. Kirby only has four runs in his last 20 innings pitch. So he's been absolutely rolling recently. And so that's one that I want to keep an eye on. And then the Phillies and the Giants. Giants are minus 115 at home. Taking on its falter going for the Phillies, who's 0-6 with a 5.75 ERA. And Wood, who's 0-0, but a 2.46 ERA. And so I'm on the fade falter until he gets the job done on the mound train. And so I really do like San Francisco at minus 115 today. So with that, let's get over to our last call pick segment. This is sponsored by Last Mountain Distillery, which is a family-owned and operated company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their great products. They've got some seasonal ones right now, like their coconut vodka that's delicious. They've got their sweet tea vodka back as well. And if you're looking to have a Caesar, nothing wrong with good old dill pickle vodka as well. I'm wearing the shirt today. How can you not want to support Last Mountain Distillery? Love their products. Still on a bit of a booze cleanse right now, but definitely a company that produces some high quality stuff. And we appreciate them uh, sponsoring the show. All right, so we got three plays for you here today. Let's start out with going to take the Astros' first five, minus a half versus the Cubs at minus 116. It's our favorite play of the day at one and a half units. I'm just looking at Tayon and his 6.41 ERA, taking on Valdez. who He's only three and four so far, or two and three so far, but he's been really good on the mound. He's just got a 2.38 ERA. And so Houston, they're coming off a win, and they've won four of their last five. I think it's a good spot at home for them to pick up an early lead and then ultimately finish things off uh, later in the day. 
Then I like the Royals and Padres over eight and a half. This is a one unit play at minus 125. And I'm just not crazy about either starter. You got Keller and Waka, who are both over a four ERA. Waka's been good in his last two starts, but he gave up 15 earned runs in his three prior. And Keller, he's given up roughly three earned runs in his last four starts as well. So I think the runs are going to be there to get to seven or eight by the time they both get pulled. And then you just need a run or two off of those bullpens, neither of which have been stellar to start the year. So really like the Royals and Padres. And then I'm going to play Man City or Leicester City and Liverpool over three at minus 137 for a full unit. I just think Liverpool could hit three on their own. Uh, As I said, both teams to score is minus 164. So I think it's a little bit too juiced, but neither team is stout defensively. And in a do or die game for Leicester, I think they're going to push like crazy, which means that they could be exposed at the back as well. So give me the over three at minus 137. Now, one thing that we're going to start doing on social media moving forward is player props. Uh, Footy-wise, I think if you're looking at player props, some early lines, salad to score at minus 107 anytime is nice. And then if you want to hedge this one of Madison and Vardy for Leicester City, plus 300 and plus 240, so both might be worth a sprinkle there. Baseball plays, they're going to have to come later in the day. You don't see those player prop lines until much later as well as some hockey lines, maybe for game seven. Maybe that's the route that we'll go instead of a money line or over under in that NHL game. So definitely keep an eye out at HedgePod on all social platforms for all of our player props. We're heading into the dog days of sports. There's going to be less playoff action, meaning it's a lot of baseball. We're going to have some golf plays mixed in here and there, but a lot of baseball for sure, meaning we're going to go the player prop route to get through those months before we head into NFL season, and then ultimately the restart of NBA and NHL. But appreciate everyone who tuned into the show today. Uh, We'll be back on Wednesday giving you some golf picks there. And so we appreciate you all, and we'll see you guys Wednesday for the Competitive Hedge Podcast.